going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Josh Button Podcast, where we discuss outliers from society. Today is episode 37, Misogi. What is Misogi? And what or who is it actually for? Today, I am uh, talking about something that's very important to me because I am going through it or finishing it up this project to begin the year myself and annually i am up for this challenge we call the misogi challenge if you look it up it's based upon misogi is based upon the japanese purification ritual where annually people would submerse themselves in icy cold waters or go stand under an icy cold waterfall to reinvigorate to renew to start again essentially it was an annual purification ritual so that they could start the year fresh. And the Masogi challenge, birth of this ritual, is the notion that once a year you're going to put something on your calendar that scares you or something that you thought you could never do, something that you probably and possibly cannot even be capable of completing, but then you go out and you do your best to do it. I am doing long form content on my YouTube channel right now based upon this subject and my burning desire for this project is that men especially will see it and then understand there are other ways to get out of your rut, other ways to challenge yourself to bring more of your potential to the surface and to live life as you're possible as it is possible to live to thrive rather than just to survive. Look, there's uh, people functioning daily, running around in dopamine deficits. And it's natural given the number one activity for people is scrolling and comparing their lives to others or comparing their existence, their reality to others' presentations of their reality. We've talked about this on the, on the podcast before. People aren't putting out the most honest messaging. It's just not what social media is. So when we get into this cycle of scanning and dialing into the portrayed realities of others that are most definitely manipulating their realities to present it online, well, not only are we being lied to right to our faces, but we're accepting it as other people's truths compared to what ours is and what ours are. And that's just not healthy. It just isn't. Look, our there's plenty of people talking about our status as men currently and what's wrong with men, especially in the West, with dropping levels of testosterone, weaker men. A lot of people will say that men have been have been, especially in the last few generations, overly mothered and underly fathered and i could not possibly agree more it is a mother's instinct to nourish and to protect and look that's great when we're babies that's exactly what you need as a baby but as you get a little older you need fathering who says look life is about risk life is about adventure get out and do it get off mama's tit so to speak and accomplish things for yourself. Take care of yourself. 
And we see it oh so often and oh too much nowadays in society that men are not ready to be men and they are not being men. We are not raising men. There's a lot of different categories in which we can discuss on how to correct this course or ways that we should start correcting this course if we want healthier generations going forward. And there's, like I will discuss on a podcast coming up here pretty soon, there's plenty of options for middle-aged men who find their testosterone dropping off and find that the recovery isn't what it used to be, outsourcing this a good bit in conjunction with their own lifestyle choices. And hopefully we're all out there, you know, striving to take advantage of every day to get out there and make ourselves better and to perform better and to grow spiritually and educationally and philosophically. And hopefully we are gung-ho about improving and expanding our horizons. And there are options for each and every one of those categories for us to apply different things to our lives that will help us be better men. But when we're looking at young men who have been overly mothered and underly fathered or just do not have the sense of direction or have just let themselves go for some reason, they've fallen by the wayside of responsibility. And when we're thinking about things that can men can utilize and things that can be really helpful and beneficial to their lives, this one here for me is a no-brainer. Misogi. Challenging yourself annually and more often. This is something that I want to start instilling in my in my own life repeatedly. Not so much that I destroy myself and run myself down, and I'll talk about that uh, more in a minute, but so that we're constantly engaging real challenge. Not because we have something to earn directly from it. In other words, I'm not talking about going Alaskan deep sea fishing to make 50,000 bucks in a few months, although that is evidently a heck of a challenge. It's obviously not for everyone. And out of the people that go and do that, a lot of people lose their lives. What I'm talking about is turning our own adversity into an opportunity, challenging ourselves with our own shortcomings. One for me myself, I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I had a, a situation when I was four or five years old uh, in a swimming pool. I was at a babysitter's house and the babysitter's son was probably an 11 year old in that neighborhood. And he did the thing in the pool where you dunk the kids who are smaller and less apt to defend themselves or are just not ready for your abuse so to speak he was being a bully in the water and he dunked me and he dunked me and he dunked me and i remember gasping for air underwater and filling my lungs up with water and feeling that feeling that i was going to drown absolutely um the sheer panic and the fear um i'm i'm sure to a certain degree i buried a lot of the psychological effects from that moment, but I would relive them later in, in, in life. And I'll tell you how that came up as well. But for me, this water-based, not paranoia, but, but I, I wasn't comfortable in treacherous water ever after this again until a decade ago. And I set out to learn to surf. And part of that was learning to swim pretty well. 
and stand up paddleboard on the ocean. And I really got into it. I'm talking when I was in Miami, uh, in off season, I had eight hours a day to be on the beach and that's what I was doing. I was out there learning how to balance myself on these paddle boards and catch little micro waves until the point where I felt the calling of the Pacific ocean, the West coast. I wanted to go there and really learn to surf and become a surfer. And there, long story short, I did just that. I gave up the stand-up paddle boarding at some point in time and gave, you know, just short, short boards and long board surfing uh, all of my attention. And that's what I did. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. And I came to the realization somewhere along the line that, man, I really, really do love surfing. And I have enjoyed every minute of this. But this was deeper for me. I was fulfilling a need, uh, a serious, deep-rooted need to overcome a fear. And I was absolutely positively sure of this because of one situation I had in the ocean where I encountered a hold down. And if you're not a surfer, you haven't spent that much time in the water, you don't know what I'm talking about. But essentially, I rode a long wave, and this was on the paddleboard, rode a long wave, Got to the end of it, and that's kind of where all the the blow up is at the end of this wave. And I I tumbled, and I just the next thing I know, I was almost flat against the floor of the ocean by some rocks with that wave and the energy of that wave pinning me. And I felt almost resisted, resistant to the point where I couldn't do anything. And I felt my leash was stretching out from my paddleboard. And I had a paddle I let go of and I tried to swim up a bit and I couldn't get to the top. And just as I started to come up, boom, another wave pinned me down in the same spot. And in my head at that moment, I felt the same thing I think I felt with that babysitter's kid when I was whatever age. And I felt the fear, but I didn't panic. Interestingly enough, I felt like... I'm in trouble, but I knew I needed to relax. And I can only attribute this to breath work that I was doing at the time with Laird Hamilton, who is a famous big wave surfer, and his wife at their house. He had introduced me to the Wim Hof technique and to performance breath, which fortunately I was really into at the time. And it was serving me well in this instance because of the fear in my head and because of the reality that if I had panicked in that moment, I would have been gasping water the same way I had when I was a child. And I came up from that experience. I came up from the ocean there and I, I just had that profound understanding like, wow, this is why I was here. Perhaps more than any other reason, more than enjoying the ocean and enjoying the sun and the surf and the healing properties of just being out there and negative ionization and fresh air, maybe even more than all of that, I needed to have this experience where I realized there is nothing to fear and panicking is not going to solve your problem. It's going to make things worse just as it had then in my childhood and other times in our, in my life. And we, I'm sure can all replay some situation where worry or panic just did not serve you well. In fact, it inhibited your ability to analyze and interpret and to make the most rational decisions in, in those situations. So I don't know exactly if, 
you know, I started into the ocean and really wanted to conquer this because of an underlying need to destroy that fear. But once I had that experience, it wasn't the same for me. Yes, I enjoyed it quite as much, but I didn't put the same emphasis on being on in the ocean every minute of the day that it was possible. I actually moved, started moving into jujitsu more and other different areas that are things that I enjoyed in other areas of my life. I started to develop myself more. So with that and months looking back in the rear view mirror, I can't help but think, wow, life served this up for me on a silver platter so that I could grow and be more of an individual, more of a, a man after having this profound circumstance in this situation. And letting it all play out in my my conscious mind. Let me really digest it for weeks and months. So, Misogi, there's some things that I think we can identify in our lives that we have a fear to overcome. Some have a fear of heights. Some have a fear of dogs. Some have a fear of all different, all kinds of different things. I'm open to the possibility that some of these fears will never be dismissed for a lot of people. And I'm sure that trauma has different effects on different persons, the way we carry it, the way we deal with it, whether we acknowledge it or can acknowledge it. I'm open to the possibility that not everybody can assimilate to a lifestyle where they're approaching and attacking their fears. However, if you can, and if you do, the rewards are so much more and so much greater than anything else we can, in my opinion, conjure up on our own or that we can imagine ahead of time. Sure, it's great to want to have a career and then follow your step-by-step your -step process to having the career you want. But I was just thinking of something this past week that for me and it just blows everything else out of the water and that is health is wealth and i know it's a, a cliche we all say it all the time but when you're not healthy you really understand that you really feel that and this past week was a brutal one for myself as i went through food poisoning a week ago uh this i guess last saturday I walked the gauntlet at my gym and I got my purple belt. And this was at the end of my misogi, my month-long intense training schedule, having a strict diet and, and deciding that the best thing for myself was to overtrain to see what I could endure, see how much I could push myself, see how well my body would recover, knowing I was turning 45. And now or never, now or never, it was a reality, it was a, a real thought before January started for myself that, look, you're middle-aged, if that's what you want to call it, middle-aged and beyond that a little bit. If you want to endure a, a strict, rigorous training schedule in your lifetime, it's going to be now or it's probably not going to happen. So you need to test yourself. And that's how I applied my rationale to this Misogi. 
I was going to train twice a day, Monday through Friday, once on Saturday, keep my diet clean as possible, and just see how it goes. And it went well. It went awesome. I surprised myself. I did have a couple things pop up. A tight, my back tightened up on me, and I missed a, a couple of sparring sessions due to that. And during the middle of this, you know, challenge, I learned that I was going to get my purple belt, and that became all the more rewarding, and, and really reaffirmed my decision. And it wasn't because of this decision, but. It just so happened that the timing was perfect for me to be able to look back at towards the end of this and go, wow, man, I've really, I've really paid my dues and I've really left it all out on the mat so many times. And I've been so consistent with it for so long that it was inevitable and I'm halfway there. I have, my goal isn't for the purple belt. My goal is to get that black belt. And for some people, that's not necessarily the goal they want when they enter uh, jujitsu or other martial arts. But for mine, for myself, after I got into it for a little while, I said, why not? That's exactly what I want. And I'm going to dedicate and commit to the process so that I can get there. So I, I go through this, Misogi, and you're always, in my opinion, going to have rewards and benefits from challenging yourself in this way. The, the surprises that may come about, like the conscious awareness that I have overcome a deep-seated fear, and it was a need to overcome a fear, or, hey, man, you're being rewarded with the knowledge of how much closer you are to your goal than you may have thought even a few weeks ago. It's a, a plethora of benefits in this. Your confidence level will skyrocket. Once you do something that you thought you could never do, this is just a fact. This is it, the psychology of it. You can do far more than you ever thought you could do. And the universe is just waiting for you to prove it to yourself. That's the reality. Men need to be present and taking on challenges. We need to overcome obstacles. We need to. Prove to ourselves that we have the ability to provide, to provide for ourselves, to provide for our families, to stand in the face of our fears and be relentless with the pursuit of what we desire or what we want, or what our goals are, or what we need for that matter. What happens if you actually need to feed yourself from one day to the next? Are you capable? Now, I hope we don't have to go hunt down your food out of sheer desperation in the next year, two years, or any time in your life. But why not put that, you know, out there as your misogi? Some people for this do take extended treks into the wilderness where they are expected to feed themselves, shelter themselves, protect themselves. Ben Greenfield, he's a fitness influencer, and I do believe, actually, I found this through Ben Greenfield's podcast the first time I heard about it, and I, I, I think he takes his sons out on a hunt, or he sends them out on a hunt every year, and look, part of this piece of content that I, I'm putting out, I'm acknowledging the fact that, no, we can't all go cl climb Mount Kilimanjaro. We cannot all 
go on wilderness expeditions alone in wild hunts. And obviously, we don't even all have access to ice baths or cold waterfalls. But we can identify things that we did not think we could do that we may gain. We may have intense gains from doing. Fears that we can uh, approach head on. If you're afraid of heights, you can go bungee jump. You can go skydiving. There's things you can do without spending a dollar on them as well. You can ride your bicycle across the state you live in. You can attempt the world record of some sort. You can try to do the most pull-ups or the most push-ups humanly possible in one day and keep track of it. You can try to break your own spirit with some intense and rigorous exercise that you decide to take to your end until you fall over. There are so many different ways that we can challenge ourselves in this way. And why not? Think about it. Be creative. Make it personal to you. And then put that goal on paper. Write it down. And make the choice that you are going to do it. I promise you, I, this may not solve all of our problems. This may not solve all of your problems. I don't know how to solve all of your problems. We're all individual in that way. We all have different fears, rational and irrational. We can't dwell in those. We have to attack those. I guarantee you, if you engage Misogi, you will be better equipped for everything else life throws at you. Guaranteed. What is Misogi to you? Let me know. I want to know if somebody takes this to heart and really ponders it, and then comes up with something creative. Come up with something that I haven't talked about or haven't discussed, or you haven't seen if you go and Google what other people are doing. Misogi. Challenge yourself. Put it on the calendar. It should be so profoundly hard that it has an effect on the rest of your year, and it will. You, I guarantee you this. You make the decision to do that. You go out and you try it. It will have a profound impact on the rest of your year. And you will be looking forward to your next Masogi challenge because all of the benefits that you will reap in your life and then wanting to double down on that process, I guarantee it. I'm already thinking about my next one. And I actually may start a little series here. Uh, the Old Man's Challenges. I don't feel old. And I make jokes about it all the time in jiu-jitsu with these young bucks and the professors. I may be 45 biologically, but I sure don't feel it. Feel that. Mm-mm. I'm right there with you, young bucks. And I ain't going anywhere anytime soon. And Misogi is one of the tools in my tool belt. It's going to keep me crisp. You like apples? Well, how do you like them apples? Anyways, this is episode 37, Misogi. I hope you all take a little bit away from this and maybe go challenge yourself sooner than later. One last little thing. Four years ago, I took the Misogi challenge to heart and I decided 
I had just started jujitsu not long before that. And I had decided I was going to go carnivore for all of the January of that year. It was world carnivore month. Little did I know it at the time it was Misogi, but it was, I was heavily influenced by individuals that strongly advocated veganism for quite some time leading up to this. And to be honest, I did not know if I could eat a carnivorous diet. I doubted it seriously. I had these notions of, of poor health outcomes from eating meat, which were just not the case. It was fraud. It was wrong from the get-go. And making the decision to go against the grain there and follow the people that were being bashed by the establishment as non-experts, as soothsayers, as psychos and pseudoscience followers was one of the best decisions I ever made. It completely changed the way I felt, my health, the direction of my life from that point forward. And I am absolutely grateful, ecstatic, and overjoyed. Once you eat a burger or a steak after you've been vegan for six months, you'll understand. Literal mouth salivating borderline tears your body's reaction to it is undeniable you thought you liked those pea protein fake burgers yeah you do not trust me that's how i came up with stop killing the plants misogi i am super grateful and you will be too give it a shot this was episode 37, Misogi. And I'm looking forward to talking to you all again soon. Have a great day. If you are on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Help me grow that channel. If you're listening wherever you listen to your podcast, give me a little feedback if you get an opportunity. I am super grateful for any engagement. Thank you all. Have a great day.